0: This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this
1: program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: On the greatest day of the year, it's Wrestlemania Day, Kalu Kalay! Wow, it's Mike Edison here on Arts and Seizures. Judy McGuire out in the field on assignment. But today I am surrounded by some of the great wrestling minds of our generation. I can't believe it, it's Keith Elliott Greenberg back again. You're like a regular on the show, Keith. That's right, maybe it's the... uh... 100th time I've been on here. That's right. Veteran wrestling scribe Keith Elliott Greenberg uh, who has authored books with uh, champions such as Ric Flair and McFoley, Foley. And, no, not Mick Foley. No, sorry. Uh, Craig Glassy, Superstar, Superstar Billy, Billy Graham, Graham. And The Iron Sheik. And The Iron Sheik, a book that hopefully will someday see the light of day. Let's hope so. A book that's been um, suppressed by the the Prada-like instincts, the Stalinist instincts of the WWE, and also joining us, of course, is uh, another former WWE jobber who's put over many superstars, (laughs) our good friend Brian Solomon. What's up, Brian?
0: Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm not quite a veteran wrestling scribe, but in in the making.
2: I can't believe it. So uh, today we're going to handicap tonight's WrestleMania event. Also joining us is your son, Jack.
0: That's right. Hey,
2: Jack. Hi. Hi. And uh, you're going to help us handicap tonight's big WrestleMania uh, event. We're going to talk about The Undertaker and his streak. We're going to talk about uh, the ultimate work, Daniel Bryan, and, um, and why that biscuit, as Judy McGuire would call CM Punk, uh, is MIA this year. So uh, I can't believe, guys, it's WrestleMania 30. I was at the first WrestleMania. I was there when history was made at Madison Square Garden. I was not there. I
0: wasn't even a fan yet, but, Keith, I'm sure you were. I was there. I was Another the Johnny row. come
2: lately, just as I suspected. <laughs> <laughs> Green. Well, you know
1: what? You can't really hold it against him if he w- was barely born with it.
0: Um, yeah, uh, WrestleMania three, I did watch on closed circuit at the Regina Podgeist Youth Center in Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun.
2: Keeping it real. And, and I that, wasn't even that, born yet. Uh, make you
1: make you feel a, a greater affinity to the Catholicism of your youth?
0: Of course. You know, it was always kind of funny how they had wrestling and boxing in, in, in Catholic school gyms. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a weird
2: dichotomy there, but
0: it, it, it made it interesting.
2: Those were the days, remember, uh, Saturday morning championship wrestling, and the pitch was, appearing this week in Rollway. <laughs> and
0: Don't you remember who used to do those little voiceovers, right? That, was, that would be Howard Finkel usually doing those. Uh, little... Howard
2: Finkel, of course, and the greatest color man in the history of the sport, Vince McMahon himself, long before he could actually fit into that gold blazer.
0: And did you know that, you know, a little Wrestlemania aside, did you know that Howard Finkel came up with the name Wrestlemania?
2: I did not know that. I think it was Wrestlemania. I did not know that. that, not know that. See, <laughs> you're going to learn a lot today at today's show, Jack. You're, you're going to be a changed young man. You're not coming out of here the, sa- the same. And it's sort of like that scene of Tommy with the uh, the Acid Queen. Okay, we're going to be like the Tina Turner to your, to- your Tommy. Just wait. I should also <laughs> mention.
0: I should also mention that my daughter Layla is here as well. Layla, if you'd like to say hello. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right, because Arts and Seizures is a family affair. So what's going to happen tonight? The big question is, The Undertaker, the dead man, is going to retain his streak 21-0, and 0, the most storied streak in sports history. Fuck Lou Gehrig, fuck Cal Repkin. The Undertaker is the one that counts. Is he going out victorious, or is he going out on his back, as is the tradition?
0: I don't know. I think if somebody's going to do it, I, I can't really see why they would give that honor to Brock Lesnar, but you know, anything's possible.
1: Well, I'd I, I, I have to concur with Mr. Solomon over here. I would think that if... If somebody was going to do it, would be somebody who they would want to build for the future.
0: Yeah, what do you really get out of Brock Lesnar beating The Undertaker? The guy's probably going on vacation the next day. If somebody's going to break the streak, I'm thinking it needs to be for a very good reason, other than just a buy rate.
2: Yeah, I really thought uh, last year, and a buy rate, this is real inside. Mean, a buy rate, we're using <laughs>
1: antiquated <laughs> language. I know. This pay-per-view is actually...
2: Once again, the WWE at the forefront of telecommunication... Telecommunications technology with their own streaming network.
0: Yeah, the 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 whole thing. What do we even call them anymore? That that's what's freaking me out. It's oh, not even a pay-per-view. Yeah. It's
2: what is it? I don't know what it is. It's still WrestleMania to me.
0: It's a super card,
2: I guess. It's still <laughs> real to
0: me. <laughs> Damn it. Uh,
2: well, I, I agree. I think last year was the year they should have put uh, CM Punk over. And you know, for those of you out in radio land who don't really have an idea what the fuck we're talking about, um, who cares? Uh, I mean, there there was some uh, back. Backroom politics about who wins these things, believe it or not. Not everything in wrestling is real. Some of it's actually scripted and predetermined. Please, don't don't, don't
1: break Jack's heart. A
2: policy I believe the NFL should adopt as well. Um, because then we'd have no more blowout Super Bowls. Well, they tried that (laughs) with the XFL.
0: That's why wrestling is the king of sports.
2: I have my own theory about the uh, XFL. For those of you who remember Vince McMahon's short-fated alternative to the NFL, sort of like the movie The Producers, Mm. right, Mel Brooks? Someone made money on that. Okay, it was designed to... Probably Vince. (laughs) It was designed to fail in such a way that Vince and Dick Ebersole would walk away with millions of dollars while the whole world thought it was a failure. Yeah. It was it was a double bind. It was a sting some way. It couldn't they could not have designed it worse if they had wanted to.
0: That combined with the restaurant collapsing at roughly the same time cost many, many poor corporate employees their job. I was in the office on that dark day. Keith, you got spared from that. They told everybody over the loudspeaker, "Remain at your desks." And they were literally sending facilities people people around with boxes, ex- you know, Ev- evicting people from the building—about forty people in one day. Professional
2: and wrestling is a very unforgiving. And business. that was
1: not—that was not a
2: wrestling angle.
0: No, it was <laughs> not. Not to me, it wasn't. That was real to me. Damn it.
2: Yeah, no, no kayfabe.
0: No, no. I mean, you know, that's where it all came from. All the money they lost on that was from was gained back by letting go of a lot of people. Unfortunately, but, but
2: Brian, you have great stories about working for the WWE mag- magazine, and um, you know, over the years we've been talking. You've really put into perspective. Um, a lot of what it really means to work uh, you know, inside the castle walls. I mean, maybe you want to tell us one of those stories. I love the story. When Vince McMahon, as he said, he put you over, Ric Flair put you over walking down the hall um, to people who don't even know, know what that means. Ric I mean, Flair a, did call me a fucking idiot during an interview <laughs> once.
0: Didn't he? And Vince McMahon once told me to take my head out of Dave Meltzer's ass, which I consider to be a badge of honor. <laughs> Keith, I, I think that uh, didn't didn't Rick also call you a hippie from Greenwich Village? A
1: hippie from Greenwich Village, and I'm from Queens, so that's quite an insult. Yes,
0: and and, and yeah, I, well,
2: yeah, but yeah, but for for a drunk guy from North Carolina, it's all the same.
0: But Rick Flair, uh, you know, a lot of these guys and Howard Finkel would do it too. They they knew that they had the power to put you over, as we like to say, make you look good in front of other people. Mm-hmm. And Ric Flair did something so simple for me, and just it, you wouldn't even think it was anything, and it was a highlight of my career when I was showing some of the new writers around backstage, and we're walking around back there, and these guys, they're in awe of Ric Flair, and he's walking at us, and I'm walking by him, and he just quickly looked at me and looked down, and he just said, "Bry," and I said, Nate, and we just kept walking like we'd known each other for 20 years, and these guys looked at me, and they thought in that moment, erroneously, that <laughs> I was a big shot, and it was thanks to Ric Flair.
1: And Ric Flair has given many people the rub over the years, not just people in the ring, because as he boasted,
2: he could have a five-star match with a broom, but <laughs> civilians like us. Well, That's not- true. For everybody listening um, who may or may not be interested in professional wrestling, pay attention. Because wrestling is a metaphor for life. There is none better, really. And um, Ric Flair is a guy who is so you know, generous professionally. Um, like you said, he could, he could wrestle a toothbrush and make the toothbrush look good. But that's what the business is all about. It's about selling your opponent. It's about putting someone over, like Brian was talking. It's, um, it's making people believe that it's real. Ric Flair was a guy who could wrestle 365 days a year. And every time you saw him, you'd think that history was being made.
0: And a lot of guys he did wrestle with were the equivalent of brooms or coat racks. <laughs> so it's true that he could. And I always thought, I, I, to, ma- to make a, a, a movie reference, I always thought he was the wrestling equivalent of Fred Astaire. And if you've ever seen the movie where I thought it was an inside joke, Fred Astaire actually does a dance routine with a coat rack. And I always thought that that was the origin of the expression <laughs> because he made the coat rack look good.
1: Maybe uh, Fred Astaire was a mark
0: for uh, Ric Flair.
3: <laughs> My dad has told me a lot of stories about Rick Flair.
2: Yeah, but he hasn't told you all the stories. (laughs) As as
0: I like to say, working in the wrestling business gave me lots of stories that I could tell my kids and lots of stories that I can't tell my kids.
2: That's right. Just because he told you everything that you know doesn't mean he told you everything that he knows. (laughs) But what's your favorite Ric Flair story that your dad told you?
3: Uh, I don't really have one.
2: (laughs) Well, Flair, when I used to be in the business, when I used to work for Main Event, he was very, very nice to us. And you could just tell he really was... Just the the model of uh, professionalism when the cameras went on, no matter what he was doing. He just turned into this glowing, radiant, professional wrestling machine. He had Mm -hmm. the gift of gab, he cut those promos that are are now legendary. Hey, I've just uh, been informed that our eyes and ears on the ground in Chicago, our good friend Natalie Slater of Bacon Destroy and com, is about to join us online. We're going to talk about what's happening in the wrestling world in Chicago, Natalie, about your book, Bacon Destroy, and about WrestleMania parties. Hi, Natalie. How are you guys? Awesome. Good to hear from you. So what's going on in Chicago? Have you seen Bigfoot lately? (laughs) And when I say Bigfoot, I mean CM Punk. (laughs) (laughs) Did we
1: lose her? Maybe, uh, maybe somebody from the company yep. is listening and they've
2: jammed the uh That's it. The, I, I, I would, the the wouldn't be surprised.
0: I think CM Punk is sabotaging our show. <laughs> well, he doesn't want any dirty laundry air. For
2: those listening to um, our friend CM Punk, who is a uh, Chicago uh, local legend um, as well as world wrestling champion, uh, has MIA and walked off the set and um, really, really shaking up a lot of people. Um, and, that, and that is not a work. By not a work as as far as you know um that's true <laughs> I, don't, I don't know no but one's we, but we really we really issue. do miss him on this year's uh, wrestlemania um
3: i think he kind of ruined it a little because i was excited to see him in it
2: yeah i think we all are i know at least one person who's boycotting tonight's wrestlemania because he's not there did we get natalie back Evan? Okay, we're calling Natalie back. Um, but uh, that's right, Punk's not going to be there, and certainly he's uh, a great fan favorite, one of the most outspoken and smartest guys um, you know, you know, in the business. In I the business. mean, he's up there with
1: Mick Foley, who's also one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And Nick Bockwinkle was a highly intelligent guy. I was also told by Bill Aptor that Tim, Mes- Mr. Wrestling Woods, who I never had a chance of meeting, I saw him wrestle live in Florida, was also one of the brightest guys. in. The well, business. he was
2: Mr. Wrestling. Yes, he was. Um, do we have Natalie back? Natalie, you're there? Hey. There you go. Natalie?
4: Yep. Yeah. you guys uh, hear me?
2: Uh, now, now we can hear you. So what's going on in Chicago? Any uh, sightings of uh, CM Punk at the donut shop or uh, the gym?
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been posting some Bigfoot sightings Um this <laughs> What we're calling, uh, anytime somebody sees and where, which currently would be at a Chicago Blackhawks game.
0: It reminds me of that angle with The Undertaker. Do you remember when The Undertaker was off TV? It had to be about 20 years ago, and they had this whole thing of Undertaker sightings. Do you remember right, that? At
1: a preschool. Right. In a <laughs> Wasn't that the deli across the street from WWE? Yes, and I think
0: Bob Collins, who was a longtime WWE SVP, was used in that segment. But they, that's when they brought back the fake Undertaker.
2: So, Natalie, uh, I know you're boycotting WrestleMania uh, tonight because of the absence of our friend CM Punk, but if you were and notice the clever use of the subjunctive, to have a WrestleMania party tonight, what were some of the snacks that you might make uh, from your entirely awesome book, Bake and Destroy, or not from your book? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, thanks for the plug. Mm. Um, one of my favorite uh, dishes that I put in my roundup WrestleMania snack, what I'm calling peel turn tofu which is <laughs> a really easy-to-make four-ingredient tofu dish. You actually make a crust out of only uh, flavor of those that are vegan, and uh, they're great because it really pisses skin off to do something like covered tofu and something as unhealthy as Doritos, so <laughs> it's a great heel move for your WrestleMania for your beef party.
2: The, the heel-turned tofu. Um, I'm very interested in the Elkabong whoopie pies. I've had uh, your whoopie pies, and they, they are definitely worth celebrating.
4: I have a lot of photos of us eating whoopie pies together, Mike. <laughs> <right? laughs>
2: Um. Well, we're going to have some... Uh, Jack, you're having a WrestleMania party tonight, too, right? Yes. What, do you, what kind of snacks are you going to have at the party tonight?
0: Oh, we're going to have some chips, right? Some popcorn, the usual.
2: Soda. Well, listen, yeah. listen to Natalie Bacon Destroy, Keep I, it I healthy.
1: since Solomon's here, some pizza bagels.
0: <laughs> 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 yes, yeah, so, best of both worlds. Italian and Jewish, right? If I can't get it wholesale, I steal it.
2: So what else is on the menu uh, tonight, uh, Natalie, for those who want to keep it healthy, unlike unlike the jobbers we've got here in the studio today?
4: (laughs) Well, um, I have another, there's a bread salad dish that I made that was inspired by Hillbilly Jim. Um, (laughs) The inspiration being, what if Hillbilly Jim came over for dinner? What would I make to impress him? And I started thinking about how much I love Pansanella and how... So really, Jim's probably never heard of such a thing. So how could I make Southern-inspired panzanella? So I came up with what's the panzanella, which is uh, all kinds of Southern flavors like barbecue and black-eyed peas and, uh, and greens all mixed up together into a pretty tasty little salad.
2: That sounds good. I want to be healthy, guys. Okay, I'm at that age right now where it might be a heel turn on my part <laughs> to start eating vegan, but I'm pretty much uh, convinced. Um, Natalie, before we go, we should talk about Sugar Slam for a second. Are you going to do another Sugar Slam this year and tell us what it is?
4: Yeah, I think um, I, I had a lot of trouble with last year's. I was just super busy and a lot of trouble, but I have more time. And I think this, this year is going to be the fifth Sugar Slam, so I want it to be the biggest at the best.
2: And Sugar Slam, for those who don't know, is uh, the wrestling-inspired bake-off. Did I describe that, that correctly? And the entries that's, are just like it's a, the incredible imagination of wrestling fans and their culinary skills really, really does boggle the mind.
4: It's the most delicious competition in sports entertainment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's Sugar Slam. Natalie, where can we find you and your awesome book, Bake and Destroy?
4: Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can find it in bookstores as well, and you can find it
2: on BaconDestroy.com. BaconDestroy.com, and and, uh, and we'll follow you on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, no predictions for tonight? You think The Undertaker's going to keep the streak going? I think she left.
1: Maybe she knows something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think The Undertaker Natalie got
0: Natalie has left it. the
2: building. Wait, I'm but, sorry. Oh. It just cut out. What did you say? You think The Undertaker's going to keep the street going tonight?
4: Oh, Taker? I don't, yeah, I don't see that breaking anytime time here. I'm really unsure about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a mystery of the ages, young man. Well, I'll tell you what, if Punk uh, couldn't, couldn't break it last year, I've got no faith in Brock Lesnar. All right, Natalie, Baker Destroy, thanks. Tell you what, guys, we're going to take a quick break right now. I'm going back, I'm going way back to the greatest rock and wrestling video ever made by me. Okay? Something so great it took two continents and seven years to complete. This is uh, I Like to Hurt People. We're on Arts and Seizures. We'll see you guys right back in a couple minutes here on the Heritage Radio Network.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to
2: take the challenge? The challenge? These guys are going to kick your ass. Come on down, baby. Ring it. Are you really ready to take the challenge? I give you the locomotive of hurt. The power of of New York City. Ladies
4: and gentlemen, please. Rocket train, let the pain begin! It's a natural fact that I love to attack. See your face making love to the man. And if it's a lie, I'm gonna block your eyes. I like to hurt, and I don't know why. I like to hurt,
0: Pobedas is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage.
2: All right, we're we're back. Uh, We're back here. Arts and Seizures is Mike Edison here with uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg. Veteran veteran wrestling scribe. scribe. (laughs) You are the Herman Melville of wrestling. Yes, And uh, Brian Solomon who is here with his family. And uh, Jack, you've got some more predictions for tonight I understand. Yes. So what do we think? Daniel Bryan, the man of the people, the leader of the Yes Movement. What's going to happen tonight? Uh,
3: I think he's going to beat Triple H. But then I think Randy Orton is going to win against him Batista.
2: Very complex.
0: My son is a hopeless Randy Orton mark, I should mention that. He'd root for Randy Orton in, in any match, so he's a little biased.
2: Including one against his father. Well. And look, the pizza's here. <laughs> Yay. Not What's entirely that? vegan, though. That's not even... Pizza. Don't this, t- one's, this one's like the meat lover's pie here at Roberta's. Don't so, tell Natalie. Natalie, don't listen to this. <laughs> it's, it's officially a WrestleMania party now. Um... I think the card tonight is kind of soft, to be honest with you. I mean, of all the WrestleManias, I am least enthusiastic in 30 years, maybe this more than ever. Um, I'd have to disagree. I'm actually excited to see
1: John Cena shifting from the main event to a match with an up-and-comer like Bray Wyatt. Who I knew as a little kid, Mike Rotunda's son, Barry Windham's nephew, Blackjack Mulligan's grandson, who I think is a very exciting performer. And somehow I feel that John Cena is there to enhance him, and I think he will.
3: I don't think it's going to be a good WrestleMania. One, because CM Punk is in there, and two, because... Batista and Brock Lesnar are just—they just showed up, and now they have big parts. And especially, I don't think Brock Lesnar is an exciting person to be facing The Undertaker.
2: <laughs>
0: From the mouths of babes. Well,
2: how do you argue w- with that? Um, I'm not—I mean, Le- Lesnar's—you know—you know—certainly Im- an impressive individual in so many ways. He's a yes. legitimate MMA champion, and um, and he's a monster. I mean, I, I, I would—and and, I'll—I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to get in the ring with that. And I'll tell you a good story that
1: Brock Lesnar told me when. When both of our kids were little, we were talking about car seats. And he said that his daughter was being so resistant to sitting in the car seat that he took some duct tape and duct taped her in. <laughs> you know, I
2: understand that's what you're supposed to do when uh, astronauts go crazy on the space shuttle. Right? That's, that's what you do. You duct tape them in and... That, them in. I only. I bring this up because just yesterday we were talking about that batshit crazy astronaut who they like, put on the diapers and drove across the country to yes, hit her lover right. with a ball-peen hammer. And the question came up, what do you do with a crazy astronaut? we just so
1: that astronauts on the subway here. And,
2: and, the, and the NASA guidelines say if someone goes crazy on the space shuttle, you duct tape them to their chair. Yeah. <laughs> I do I,
0: I do want to chime in and say that I, I, I do kind of think that this is a bit of a weak undercard. It's a little... I know a lot of people have been saying that, but I think but I think the top matches are so strong right now that it doesn't even really matter. Honestly, if you look at WrestleMania three, for example, one that they point to all the time is this great card, most of the undercard of that was, you know, just a typical house show card, honestly.
2: WrestleMania Three was that uh, Detroit was that the Pontiac? Yeah, yeah that was know?
0: Hogan and Andre in the main event. Right. It didn't even matter what else you had. Well
1: on there the was card. that where i that's, around that's the world. where Brutus became Brutus the Barber. Yes, yes. He, um, he, he came, now this was after the, uh, it was Piper and Adrian Adonis.
0: Yes, that was that, and, and Steamboat and Savage. That right, was the Steamboat the, and so Savage one. those are
1: three m- very memorable right.
3: matches. I, so, yes. I actually think this year it's a pretty good card. I disagree.
2: Okay. What's your What's the match you're looking most forward to?
3: Um. Probably the Battle Royal.
0: The Andre the
2: Giant Memorial Battle Royale.
0: Yes. Who are our picks for that, Jack? I think you, who do you like in that?
2: Sheamus. I think
0: you like Sheamus.
3: he might win. Do you like Seamus? Well, Layla, my sister Layla, likes Seamus more than me. Oh!
0: <laughs> I kind of like, uh, I think, Dolph Ziggler or maybe Big E to go over in that Battle Royale.
2: Uh, you know, there's something very likable about a Battle Royale because it's such a chaotic mess. It's sort of like the free <laughs> jazz of wrestling. Um, I mean, really, it's sort of like this, like, this Jackson Pollock kind of quality to the to the whole thing. There's so much going on until, of course, it comes down to the last few guys. I, I kind of like that. There's a lot of room for improvisation and comedy. In it's kind of
3: hard to watch because you have to watch like 30 guys at a time.
1: Well, uh, now, what do you prefer, a Royal Rumble or a Battle Royal? I'm throwing that out to both Mike and to Brian here. Uh,
3: Go Royal ahead, you can, or you, Jack. I like a Royal Rumble better.
0: I kind of like, I I mean, uh, I I think the Royal Rumble has almost made the Battle Royal obsolete at this point because it's so much more exciting. The only drawback is it's also so long, so you can't really do it very often. Battle Royal, you can kind of get through in about... Fifteen to twenty minutes.
2: Speaking of long, how long is WrestleMania? Four hours, right? Is it four hours? Starts at seven. Is that right tonight? Well, and it starts yeah. at
1: seven, but is that officially when it begins? No, there's, like there's the a there's a there's
2: <laughs> a it starts at six thirty on the cable box. Oh, really? there's a
0: there's a two hour pre show. If you have the WWE Network, you could start watching at five o'clock. You could
2: start watching at five o'clock last been October. watching
1: any of this stuff live like yesterday on the WWE Network.
0: Yeah, I've been I've been kind of checking in. It's been you know wrestling all week now because I have the WWE network, so seeing what what they're doing and all the appearances and stuff. But I remember one year. Do you remember the year they did WrestleMania all day? It was that's what it was called. Yes. Where they literally had a pre-show on the pay-per-view channel that started in the morning, and it went until the night. And I just well, remember, I remember it
1: even went after WrestleMania.
0: Yes. And, all, and they never did it again, because I think the TV production people were just pushed so Dude, far to the limit. I can't
2: even deal with the Monday night show. It's three fucking hours long. It's interminable. I mean, I mean who's watching this for well, three it's, hours? Well, it's a lot to invest. I it's
0: think. what DVR was invented for, I think.
2: Uh, I mean, it's, I really do miss one-hour Saturday morning shows, um, the scrub matches. Um, you know, not everything has to be a main event. Really, and, and there's please. something
1: to be said for scrub matches, because especially, let's go back to the WWE Network. They have uh, world-class wrestling on there, an entire show. And you'll watch some of those scrub matches, and they're compelling in a way that I don't know if anything today is.
0: Well, you know, the problem, my biggest problem, I never thought I'd miss scrub matches. My biggest problem is now when you're building guys up, it has to be at the expense of other contracted talent. So you've got to put other people down the ladder to get other guys up. That used to be the jobber's job. Now it's the job of people like Kofi Kingston. And, and again, Santino wrestling Morella. is the best
2: metaphor for real life. <laughs> uh, but I do miss because the, the, the jobbers, I mean, these guys who, you know, these scrubs who get beaten up in uh, you know, squash matches, as we uh, call them also, um, I mean, there's something lovable about the Frankie Williams of of, of our world. These guys who are obviously like shop teachers during the rest of the week come on TV once a week to get beaten up, but to make somebody else look good. And there's an existential... Well, they call it enhancement talent. That's what WWE would call that. A fluffer, in other words. A fluffer, yes. Um, Um, Aren't we all fluffers in in one way way or another? And again, I refer you to the existential quality of wrestling. As I always say, wrestling is for people who can't (laughs) handle... Reality is for people who can't handle professional wrestling.
0: Yes, and I think you've brought this up before, but we used to use this line in the office all the time. To those who don't understand, no explanation will do. To those who do understand, no explanation is necessary. Right,
2: basically, it's what uh, Dostoevsky said about faith. Yes, unless it was t- St. Thomas Aquinas, I could never get. That I think straight. he was talking about rust. That's just me. <laughs> I believe so too. No, you can't convince uh, somebody who's not a. You know, we can't well, proselytize Dostoevsky, a Farmer Burns fan. <laughs> I, I, I
0: think he might have been the grandfather of Ivan Koloff. I'm not sure. Well,
2: speaking of speaking of Ivan Koloff, um, the Undertaker, the last great gimmick, a dead man. A corp, a reanimated corpse, a zombie, and yet there are still those who will say, "But Mike, you know it's not real." Uh, yeah, well, he's a, a zombie, but uh, but Mike, it's fake. Yeah, he's a reanimated corpse. Yeah, but Mike, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, the people who don't get it just seem so willfully, blissfully unwilling to make this le- leap, and yet, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll go watch uh, some Jedi Knights blow up the Death Star, and I really don't see that much of a difference.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I sit them down and I say, you know that show you watch, The Walking Dead? I, I have something like It's going to blow your mind away. Those zombies on that show?
2: They're really people wearing makeup. Don't tell anybody. Um, but there are not as many good gimmicks as there used to be. And Speaking of, like I said, Dostoevsky, the, the, the bad guy Russians went the way of Reagan. That was a Cold War trope. Um, unapologetic Nazis. But I used to see a lot more yeah, kids. When you get some Russians back now? <laughs> this is true.
0: Oh, no. Now he's a Bulgarian. Oh, no. I, know, right. I see yes. that. You to <laughs> see uh, a
2: Ukrainian babyface. <laughs>
1: But yeah, we don't have a Ukrainian oh, baby yes. face, but he might be a neo-Nazi if he's Ukrainian <laughs> baby face. It's Cry like,
2: me a river. That'll you know, be his name. <laughs> funny, I wonder. I wonder if the WWE universe is ready for like a French socialist heel. I,
0: are you trying to say <laughs> that you don't think Fandango is a great gimmick? Or? The ballroom dancer. Yes, I love him. <laughs>
2: That's a shoot. I love him. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shoot because he really is a ballroom dancer. I don't know. I miss uh, the Jewish accountant. I miss the dentist. You know, I miss things that are really silly. You know, yeah, but the dentist, actually... dentist wrestler, Isaac Yankum, that was brilliant. But, but, and who became Kane.
0: But don't you think they got a little overboard with those at the time yeah, where every so. wrestler had to have a backup job literally on the, as part of their character?
2: That well, was vocational fortitude. There
0: weren't any guys anymore <laughs> who were just wrestlers, you know?
2: I think, you know, I think you need a combination. I mean, I mean also, I mean, Dolph Ziggler's here, but the, the, the peroxide uh, heel is kind of like an old-fashioned trope. I'd like to see that come back a little bit. I just want to see some, some fun. It doesn't well, seem well, so silly as silly as it once was.
1: Well, here's something that's very interesting. Last year when WrestleMania was at the Meadowlands in Jersey, there were a lot of British fans there. And they were fanatics for Fandango and for Dolph Ziggler. The next night, they basically hijacked Raw. When, yes. And they just started cheering for both of those guys.
0: And then everybody thought Fandango was going to become the next big thing because of that, and it just didn't quite happen.
2: Because a ballroom dancer is never going to be the World Wrestling uh, Federation, WWE although, champion. Although Mick Foley would argue that they'd say, "Cactus," you know, people
1: said a guy like Cactus Jack will never be a champion, and indeed he became a champion.
2: Yeah, well, yes, I just don't did. see the WWE universe embracing a ballroom dancer for any long period of time. Well, that is, in fact, what happened, unfortunately. They didn't. <laughs> yeah. They didn't. Well, as always, it is the fastest half hour on the internet today. Before we go, though, Brian, I want to uh, plug your new book that's coming out uh, sometime in the near future.
0: Yes, we're shooting for a publication of next year, but uh, it's still up in the air. But I want to say it's called The Pro Wrestling FAQ. And if you're interested, get on Facebook, and you can go to com slash Pro Wrestling FAQ And I'll be giving all the updates on the, on the progress of that book
2: Now what is the most frequently asked question About wrestling
0: um, I think why did I work there Might be <laughs> the most frequently asked No, But I'll be answering as many of those As I could possibly get to in one book
2: all right, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Keith, uh, you got anything happening that we should know about? Should we reach out for you and find you on the Twitter? No. you Are going to be live tweeting WrestleMania tonight? and No, I'll be with you at Tick Manitoba. <laughs> All right, on WrestleMania Day. Good gum, Tiff. And thanks, Jack, for your great opinions. We're looking forward to seeing uh, Daniel Bryan win and, uh, and Layla. I think Br- Br- Brock Lesnar is going down tonight. I have actually helped um, him with his book.
3: Trying to find some pictures with him.
2: Well, fight for a byline and some points on the back end. That's my advice, kid. All right, once again, it's Arts and Seizures. Mike Edison for Judy McGuire, who is out in the field. Simon Keith Greenberg, Brian Solomon, family, Evan in the booth. We will see you guys next week going up with the truly greatest wrestling song of all time. See you guys next week. Ray, do the
4: hammer.